Okay, welcome again to our daily updates on the coronavirus situation. This is Vegan Talk. I am your host, William Wheaton. And today uh, I'm going to glance over the news and give you a sense of what's going down in the world. Okay. Now we're going to do a little Google search. Coronavirus update. And see what today's headlines are. Okay. All right. Okay, coronavirus bill, House Democrats release counterproposal to Senate package. We'll, we'll take a look at, this is from NPR. And this is for March 23rd. In the midst of Senate negotiations on a massive stimulus package in response to this coronavirus pandemic, House Democrats have released a counterproposal titled the Take Responsibilities for Workers and Families Act. In a statement, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the Republican bill before the Senate puts corporations first, not workers and families. The Democrats' bill, which is more than a thousand pages long, would prevent corporations from using tax money, taxpayer money for stock buybacks, boost unemployment insurance, strengthen the child and earned income tax credits and inject nearly 40 billion into schools and universities to stabilize funding. It also directs billions of dollars in grant funding for states to carry out this year's election through the Election Assistance Commission. Some elements of this proposal already exist in the bill that the Senate is negotiating. The proposal came after Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell blamed Democrats for delaying progress on a response bill. <clears throat> Senate Democrats have said the final product of the GIP-backed bill didn't meet their minimum demands. Pelosi moves to release that this bill could be a strategic effort to increase pressure on the Senate to reach a deal. Republicans have criticized Pelosi for wanting to add unrelated provisions in the bill and argued that Democrats were trying to take advantage of the crisis for their own wish list of items they couldn't pass through the normal process. And the bill is in... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's available online. NPR has a link to the actual bill. But it is more than a thousand pages long, so I'm not going to read the entirety of that. But yeah, there's, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, I'm assuming because this is a vegan show that most U.S. listeners are Democrats, probably. Not all vegans are, though. But uh, yeah, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, there's a lot of partisan conflict going on about the stimulus package. And uh, here's Overwatch Wire says coronavirus live updates. 
Olympics postponed, stimulus stalls, pandemic is accelerating. And here we go. It is getting worse. The Olympics were postponed Monday and the number of Americans facing lockdowns, quarantines, or other tight restrictions surpassed 100 million, even as Donald Trump appeared to distance himself from social distancing. Oh, good old Trump. The pandemic is accelerating, the World Health Organization warned. Uh, congressional negotiations on an economic stimulus package stalled for the second day. We already discussed that one. U.S. reported more than 41,000 confirmed cases trailing only Italy and China. Confirmed cases are a function of how much testing is done. Experts say the national death toll reached 499. Globally, more than 16,000 people have died of the virus and 367,000 people have been confirmed to having it, according to the John Hopkins University data dashboard. Okay, one week ago, the U.S. death toll raised to 85, and there were more than 4,600 confirmed cases. Global deaths surged past 7,100. Last week. And then if you're fans of the Olympics, which a lot of people are uh, in the world, that's something that really brings the world together and people really enjoy that. The International Olympics Committee has decided to postpone the summer games in Tokyo because of the coronavirus pandemic. Veteran International Olympics Committee member Dick Pound told USA Today Sports, the games likely will be held in 2021, he said. The parameters going forward have not been determined, but the games are not going to start on July 24th, he said. Pound, a Canadian who has been one of the most influential members of the IOC for decades, says he believes the organization will announce its next steps soon. IOC President Thomas Bach said he was going to take the next four weeks to decide the fate of the Tokyo Olympics. Bach ruled out canceling the games, however. And then more about the uh, stimulus package here they show me. And then World Health, World Health Organization, the pandemic is accelerating. And this is what is key. 67 days from the first reported coronavirus case, the total was 100,000 cases. It took 11 more days to reach 200,000 and just four more to reach 300,000. The head of the World Health Organization said the pandemic is accelerating. Tedros, I, I can't pronounce his name, but we're not prisoners to statistics. We're not helpless bystanders. We can change the trajectory. Social distancing is a valuable tool in slowing the outbreak. But government and health officials also must attack, he said, by testing every suspected case, isolating and caring for every confirmed case, and tracing and quarantining every closed contact. He warned that using unproven treatments without the proper testing could false, raise false hope and even do more harm than good. 
Uh, this one gets me. Trump singles he may lift strict guidelines next week. Trump singled in a tweet overnight that he is considering lifting social distancing guidelines that may be slowing the spread of the coronavirus but are hurting the economy. We cannot let this cure be worse than the problem itself. At the end of the day, 15-day period, we will make a decision as to which way we want to go. And hours later, Trump posted a video thanking healthcare workers and others for their efforts during the crisis and encouraging social distancing. And then it says still several states, including New York, California, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Illinois have imposed stricter social distancing requirements. Even if Trump eased the federal guidelines next week, it would not affect orders by governors in those and other states. And then New York City. Oh, I lived in New York City for many years. It's a beautiful place. I went back there for the first time in many years in December. Um, it is a beautiful city. It is a beautiful place. So thinking of that. This is pretty dear to my heart. New York City has 5% of global total state testing 16,000 people daily. New York City confirmed more than 16,000 cases, about 5% of the worldwide total. The city was in virtual lockdown, although grocery stores, pharmacies, bodegas, liquor stores, laundromats, parks, and car and bike repair shops remained open, the mayor said on social media. Restaurants remain open for takeout and delivery. This crisis affecting our entire nation and New York City is its epicenter. Wow, that's terrible. Governor Andrew Cuomo said the state is testing more than 16,000 people per day. His statewide actions include prohibiting all non-essential businesses from having their employees report to work on site. Residents are limited to trips on the grocery store, outdoor exercise with appropriate social distancing and other essential travel. That's, that's the new world, you know, um, that's, this is, this is the new world, which we now occupy. And this is all for one reason. And that reason is that people consume animal byproducts. This was all contracted. It is believed from a bat in a market in China. Uh, animal, animal agriculture, and in this particular form of the wet markets found in Asia, has led to the rise of a pandemic of which the world has never seen the likes of before. And all we get out of China is a temporary ban on wildlife markets, 
What would have to happen for the Chinese government to create a permanent ban? I mean, we had mass deaths in the United States resulting from the consumption of animal byproducts well before this epidemic, this pandemic struck. Uh, the obesity pandemic in the United States, uh, which kills easily 300,000 people a year, uh, could be much, much stymied by plant-based diet. Uh, that was my own experience. I used to weigh 240 pounds today. I weighed 161.5, which is for me about two pounds overweight by BMI. I was able to reverse many, many health conditions, uh, metabolic syndrome, prediabetes, hyperlipidemia, both high cholesterol and high triglycerides. I was probably a heart attack waiting to happen. I still do have high blood pressure, but that is now currently sort of controlled with uh, medication. But the obese, by the way, will be among groups most affected. And those people are likely to die from the disease, those with uh, prior health conditions of a serious nature. And obesity, despite all our talk about body acceptance and all that, is essentially a metabolic disorder. It will, it will, uh, it will kill you dead in and of itself, but if you get coronavirus on top of it, it's your history. You, that could be very easily the last, last stop on the train right there. And, uh, and it has been shown that uh, obesity exists among vegans, but it's less than 10%. And I don't think even they have the same problems that the obese on the standard American diet have. So, um, so we had mass death of humans, not even counting all the torment, suffering, murder, uh, not, not even counting the torture and genocide that is factory farming, not even counting that, just human deaths. We had a genocide taking place of our own selves in the United States through our poor diet. So we, in fact, had two genocides that took place in the United States. We had uh, one genocide was producing the poison with which another genocide was being committed. And uh, some of the most affected areas by, of our society by obesity are the underclass, would be African-Americans, Latinos, etc. cetera. Uh, the rural white poor, for instance, if you remember the television show, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. That is unfortunately the reality of much of trailer park America. Um, similarly, African-Americans have an incredibly high rate of high blood pressure. Some of that is genetic, but some of that is also dietary and, uh, is also, uh, you live in poor neighborhoods. You have cheaper food that's available that is bad for you food, um, uh, fast food restaurants and such, or, or just, it's easier, it's easier in this country and cheaper to, to eat 
terrible food, unfortunately. Then uh, Latinos had through the roof diabetes rates, also obviously associated with obesity. So it was insanity uh, that our culture had not become vegan before the coronavirus struck. It was, it was madness. It was obesity. It was genocide. But uh, with this problem with these wet markets in Asia, um, this insanity, which has now spread into our culture, it, well, the disease from this insanity has spread into our culture, but but this insanity in Asia, and when I was there in 2007, I was in the Philippines, uh, I was offered uh, you know, opportunity to eat endangered species by some shady tour guides, uh, same. Okay, this, is, this is, gets us slightly off topic, but I will tell the story just because it is so bizarre, uh, but it is on topic. The same tour guides that offered to set me up to eat some bat in the Philippines had told me that at the time, I don't know if it's still true under the current regime over there, but this was back in 2007. They were telling me that Western tourists, especially Western European tourists were going to the Philippines to sample Filipino crystal meth and uh and filipino crack like they were specifically flying from europe to the philippines to smoke um specifically smoke filipino crack which is one of the strangest things i've, I've ever heard but yeah people traveling abroad you know they're are into doing exotic things involving drugs and gambling uh cockfighting is prevalent in the philippines as is dog fighting you know, and there are shady tour guides that will line you up with all that, you know, as well as gambling and prostitution and whatnot. But one of the things that the tour guides offered me was, which is sort of gray market or black market, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they were talking about endangered species places is where you could order endangered species as food, uh, exotic meals that we wouldn't have in the United States, such as bat. Uh, other other things. And we have these markets throughout Asia. Apparently they're still being operated by criminal syndicates is what I've read, but operations like the one in Wuhan market uh, that sold bat, snake, civet, other animals kept in squalid conditions, uh, unhygienic conditions, highly cramped uh, this this torturous condition in which these animals were subjected uh, was was commonplace. Um, it was a decent way for Chinese citizens in rural China to make a living. Uh, it wasn't the poor that were eating that. This would be wealthy. This would be for the upper class in Chinese society that would have the means to purchase, you know, bat soup and all these. These were delicacies uh, that that typically attracted the very wealthy uh, in China or the or the upper 
you have to have a certain degree of affluence, uh, of affluence to to access this kind of food. But the Chinese government has issued a temporary ban. And uh, apparently what, what I've been hearing is that uh, even with their temporary ban in practice, um, you know, some, some criminal scum is still uh, conducting such markets, even with the world in the terrible state it is in now as a result of such practices. And one looks at the carnist world and says, when will they learn? Uh, when will they learn that it is toxic and ethically wrong to consume animal byproduct? You know, when will they learn? Because this is the exact same problem that Donald Watson was writing about in the mid 40s when he started veganism. The very first vegan document is Vegan News Number One. And Vegan News Number One includes information about the cows being tubercular. So Donald Watson was well aware of the potential or the reality even of worldwide pandemics caused by consumption of animal byproducts. And this was over 70 years ago. So this is something that vegans have known about, spoken about for decades. Uh, a man that was born when this information was first available is now an elderly person. Uh, that's how long we've known about what, what is coming fast in this world. You know, so it's not new information. Shouldn't surprise anybody. Uh, not that many years ago it was another SARS coronavirus that struck the world. That was probably from one of these wet markets in Asia. Uh, civet cats, I think it was that SARS originally came from. So, you know, we are going to continue to have these, uh, these viral outbreaks, you know, as long as the world fails to recognize, you know, the, the medical dangers of consuming animal byproduct and also the ethical atrocity of it. Because this was born of behavior towards animals that show no respect to sentient living beings that feel pain and can experience fear. And it shows no respect or understanding of the incredible amount of fear and pain that humans create for the animal world. Uh, it is sickening. The operators of the wet markets are sickening. Uh, the culture that permitted the wet markets to exist is sickening. Um, ironically, some of these, the pangolin thing where they eat the pangolin, that, that has to do with the bat thing as well. That's in Chinese medicine. Now, I've got to ask you, Chinese medicine people, how well has your medicine worked? Because it looks to me like the world is getting sick because of it. That's how it looks to me. But I'm sure this will all change nothing. It will all change nothing. It will all, for the most part, it will fall on deaf ears. This catastrophe will not be registered by the 
majority of the population. The majority of the population will not take the call to embrace veganism. They will not. A small pocket of the population will hopefully take a look at what's going on, wake up, and make the according changes. And I suspect that that will happen to an extent, as veganism was expanding rapidly in the United States prior to the coronavirus update. But what needs to exist in this world now, what needs really to exist right now in the world, is a very, very solid expanding veganism. And then within veganism, what the world needs within the vegan movement is a very, very solid return to the original doctrine of Donald Watson. To progress forward, we must embrace the medical benefits of plant-based diet, for that is the largest and easiest way to convert the no largest number of people. It is part of Watson's original vision and it must continue to be a part of veganism and must be a driving force in veganism in making converts. All right. You know, I know I sound quite angry, but these are circumstances that will make any intelligent or feeling person angry is to examine what is taking place in the world. And anger is not always necessarily a bad thing. We would not have gay rights without Stonewall. We would not have civil rights if not for the outrage over Rosa Parks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right down the line. Right down the line. Women's rights, gay rights. African-American rights, you name it, any of that. There, there is an impetus where people take a look at the situation and respond with rage. And then rather than just letting it go, they must progress and act accordingly and make those changes to society. And that is what we vegans must do. We must take to the extent that we can a stance against what is very, very clearly the greatest problem on planet Earth right now, which is carnism. And that is my call. So on that note, I think that is a good place to stop for today. And uh, I want all that listen to this to be well and to be healthy. And I pray for your safety and your health and your, uh, and your prosperity in future days to come. My only message is embrace the vegan life. Thank you.